If you're tired of dieting and stepping on the scale, you're lacking energy and confidence, and you're ready to harness your inner athlete, then you're in the right place. I'm Sherry Shaban, and in each episode, I'll help you to rebuild your fitness identity and empower your deepest transformation so that health and fitness are not just what you do, but who you are. What's up, athletes? Welcome back to the show. A healthy diet involves conscious eating decisions and complete awareness when it comes to our emotions, noticing that while we are feeling uncomfortable in particular emotions, that's when we tend to reach for something to make us feel more comfortable. Now, intuitive eating is the key to tapping into a diet that works for you. And by the way, what works for somebody else may not work for you. The cues are found everywhere, and oftentimes they're found in our bowel movements, yep, checking our poop, our digestion, and sleep. And anytime the body is giving us signals like there's something different going on, that's oftentimes a clue that there is a massive change that we need to give more awareness to. On this episode of Fall in Love with Fitness, we are speaking with Andrea Nicholson, nutrition therapist master and a restorative wellness practitioner. Today, Andrea is going to share with us her own personal story of how she recovered her health by cueing into the signals that her body was giving her. And now just a reminder before we get into it, the HitDex app is about to release in just a few weeks on iOS and on Android, where you'll be able to customize your workouts, randomize your workouts, and always keep them fun and motivating. And remember, athletes, you can join me November 25 to December 2nd, 2023 for the most transformative week of your life at the breathtaking Osa Peninsula in Costa Rica, where you'll experience the most liberating, exclusive, transformational wellness workshop and retreat on the planet. To win a $500 voucher to Transformation in Paradise, you can subscribe and leave a review and email a screenshot of your review to sherry at sherryshaban.com so I know who you are. And together, we will learn and implement sustainable daily habits that are guaranteed to transform your mind, health, and body forever so that you never have to diet again. All right, now let's get into it. Hi, Andrea. Thanks so much for coming on to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so looking forward to this. So am I. I'm really excited to have this conversation because I'm a big nutrition geek. And it's interesting because a lot of us that have gone through this process of teaching and helping and supporting others through their nutritional challenges and journey, generally we have our own story of struggle. And so reading through your bio and just learning a little bit about you, I was super interested because it kind of resonated with what I went through and it was going through a series of diet, listening to what mainstream nutrition or diet culture tells us, but then ending up with all of these quote unquote problems and not being able to resolve them until we start to go through this this journey of self-discovery ourselves. And so as we get into this, maybe just share a little bit about yourself and just a little bit about your background and how you ended up in the space where you now help others through their nutritional journey as well. Yeah, I think if there's a story out there, I have it. I've done it. I've followed every diet plan out there. I've had no diet. I've had terrible eating habits. Like I've done it all. But, you know, from a little kid, when you can get away with everything, I didn't have a plan at all. I ate whatever. I didn't pay attention at all. Fast forward a little bit as I was getting older into my early 20s, you know, started gaining weight, was still struggling with acne and things that I thought should have been over by then. 
ended up actually going through a comprehensive cardiac panel with my employer at the time where they did like the carotid scans and, you know, just all these high level tests that they just offered for all the employees and found that in my mid twenties, I already had plaques forming and my arterial age was actually 11 years older than I really was. And so I got this relatively scary news and what the wake up call associated with that was not just that information, but my birth family all died very young of heart disease. Mm. The men all died younger than 70 and the women all died younger than 50. So if I continued down that same path, I was halfway through my life. So that was like my big wake up call. If I even made it as long as they did, because, you know, there's no guarantees. Right. So so at that point, Andrea, had you started different diets or were you just sort of being, you know, that young teenager, early 20s, just eating whatever? Yeah. In my early 20s, I had started paying a little bit of attention, but I really, other than like paying attention to calories and, you know, kind of just the basic information that all of us have heard, paying attention to how much fat you're eating and how many calories you're eating. That's really all I had done at that point. But when I got this wake up call, I dug in a little bit deeper and I really started paying more attention to what I thought was the right stuff at the time, which was like switching grains to whole grains and really leaning into more vegetables. And the only meat I would consume at the time was lean meats. And like, I, I just tried to pay even better attention and take the next steps. And Ultimately, you know, in your 20s, you can get away with things. So that worked for a while. I also really upped my fitness game. I went from no workouts at all, completely hating fitness to, you know, working out every day. And so that alone obviously makes a huge difference in just body composition and attitude towards everything. But with it also brought protein bars and protein shakes and things that aren't necessarily ideal nutrition either. And so over the years, you know, it, it worked initially. I lost the weight. I felt great. But then it all kind of came back. My gut didn't feel good again. I was getting bloated. My skin was breaking out again. I was gaining weight, even though I wasn't changing anything. Like it just stopped working. And at the time I got the other common message of, well, you need to stop eating meat. You need to eat all plants. And so I transitioned to vegetarian and same kind of story. Initially, I felt amazing. I felt lighter. I didn't have that really heavy feeling after eating. I felt like I had more energy. It felt great. And then it didn't again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, that at that point, I was eating a very clean whole foods. You know, this wasn't Doritos and Oreos. Right. This was vegetables and whole foods and fresh cooked things and raw foods. And this was like as good as I could possibly imagine you could eat. And I was eating every couple of hours because that was also part of the, you right. know, common mm-hmm. advice to keep your metabolism going. And I felt worse than I ever had before. Mm. I was again gaining the weight back. My skin was getting just not only broken out, but it was really dry and was also oily at the same time. And it was just a mess. And I was really bloated. I was getting really constipated. I just, you name it. I was having chronic headaches and I was having frequent migraines and just all the things. And What I know now, after going through all of those ups and downs and all the extreme diets, is that none of that was the right plan for me. Mm. And I think that's a really common message that I see a lot is people are following common advice that's wrong for their bodies. Some of it's not right for anyone. Let's just be honest. But some of it is just, it's not universal. Mm. And that was definitely true for me. The foods I was eating were actually causing damage in my body and were causing problems. And so 
I really needed to dig in and understand why that was true. Right. Yeah. I love that you say that because I think we need to be more and more aware that there's this massive sense of generalization when it comes to diet and when it comes to fitness, right? And we hear, we hear claims all the time, we shouldn't be eating meat, right? Or we should not be eating carbs or, you know, these massive, massive claims when in reality, I'm very much a, a realist and, and I like to use logic when it comes to, you know, sort of accepting certain ideologies. I, I don't just blindly want to accept something unless I've, I've done, you know, the studies behind it and just ask myself if logically that would make sense. And so I, I agree with you. For some people, you're right. Maybe meat doesn't work. Maybe meat makes certain people ill. And for others, perhaps they thrive on me. And the reason for that is because we've evolved in different areas of the world very differently. If we go back and just observe how Eskimos live and we make that generalization, we should not be eating meat. Humans are not made to eat meat and they're, you know, we don't have canines and our teeth haven't developed and our digestive systems aren't developed to digest meat. That's simply not true. They would never have survived and thrived, right? And I love what you say around that didn't work for me. And unfortunately, we have to go through trial and error, trying a lot of different diets, feeling ill to finally realize that we need to switch to something else. And that was definitely the case for me. I had also transitioned to, into a 100% plant-based diet a few years ago. And similar to your story, became ill. All of the signs that you said, bloating, I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't even sit, Andrea, to watch a two-hour movie with my kids because I had to continue to relieve myself. I had the worst gas, which was beyond painful, by the way. And I, I wasn't able to, to sit through even just a movie. So how did you then come to that, to that place where you discovered what was right for you? Well, it started with, you know, I was so frustrated because I was doing all the things and I literally could not think of a way to make my diet any cleaner than it was. Right. And so I was confused. So I, I really researched. I found some people that really helped me. I got the right testing. So I could see in black and white why it wasn't working for my body. And as counterintuitive as it sounds, like just looking at my stool test alone, you would think eating all of that amazing fiber, all of those great vegetables, all the whole grains, all of those things, I would have a thriving gut microbe system. I didn't. I had almost no bacteria. I had barely any digestive enzyme production. I was not digesting my food well. So I literally couldn't break down the fibers because mm. the bacteria in your gut do that. Mm -hmm. I had no bacteria in my gut, basically. And what few I did have, I had no diversity. And more and more and more as they learn more and more about the gut, they're realizing that diversity is key when it comes to that microbial population. I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. And you need adequate proteins and adequate fats to stimulate some of those digestive enzyme productions. I was eating all plants for if you're paying attention to macros, that's essentially all carbs. So in addition to this high fiber diet that was actually causing all of my digestive problems because I couldn't digest it, I also ended up protein deficient and fat deficient and insulin resistant. Mm. And I was headed down some really not good paths. Mm -hmm. I was highly inflamed and I didn't have those basic building blocks because I wasn't breaking down my food appropriately. I wasn't digesting it appropriately. I wasn't absorbing those nutrients and I wasn't even taking in some of the nutrients I really needed. So I was B12 deficient. I was vitamin D deficient all the fat soluble vitamins, because you have to be eating enough fat to absorb them. Right. <laughs> when right. you're eating nothing but plants, unless you're intentionally adding a lot of fat, you're going to be lacking in those. Plus a lot of the vitamin fat soluble vitamins are in more of the animal fats and the, those things anyway, which I wasn't eating. Right. So 
there was just a whole host of problems. So that was the first step is really identifying why this wasn't working for me. And once I knew why it wasn't working and why I felt so terrible, then I could implement targeted strategies to fix that, Mm. which involved a holistic approach. So I had to fix my diet. I had to add nutrients back in. I had to stop eating so often. Mm. I had to reduce my carbohydrate intake and increase protein and fat intake. But I also had to focus on sleep and stress and hydration and like, you know, all the other pieces because... You can't eat your way to the perfect body if all the other things are a mess, just like you can't work your, you can't out exercise a bad diet. You know, none, no one piece of this puzzle is going to solve it all. So we really do have to look at the whole picture, but identifying why I felt so bad was the first key for me. Right. Right. Yeah. And so there's, there's this big, well, as you know, this, this whole plant-based movement that's been going on. And so one of the arguments to what you just shared, and and this was an argument that was shared with me also in the past was, well, if you ignore the problem that goes away, right? So your issue for not being able to digest and break down all of these foods because you don't have the, you know, biome diversity that you should have to be able to break down these foods actually comes from a place where you need to slowly start introducing more fiber one thing at a time and then allow the microbiome to grow and to expand and to diversify and to be able to work for you. But by removing these foods and then by eating foods that don't rely on this this microbiome is ultimately ignoring the problem. So what do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's totally true. And while we do get microbial diversity from eating a wide range of foods, that doesn't innately build it all by itself. Mm. If you don't have adequate stomach acid, for example, it doesn't matter how great of a diet you're eating, you're not going to be able to properly digest things. And you set all of the downstream stuff in your digestive system up to fail. Mm. You're setting up the environment for pathogens to overgrow and for not allowing the good bacteria to grow. So it doesn't really matter how diverse your diet is or how many plants you're slowly adding in or whatever those dietary changes are until you actually fix the function of the digestive system. None, It's not going to fix itself. You can't just ignore your way to health. So there are specific strategies that we need. And I do think there's a huge benefit in adding variety in the diet. And I think we all need to kind of accept the fact that even if you do find the perfect plan for you right now, it might not be that plan in five years. Yes. It might not be that plan in six months. Like we're always looking for the shortcuts or the easy answers or the, you know, quick solutions, but this is going to be an ever evolving situation throughout your life because you're changing. You're getting older. You're being exposed to different things. You have new jobs. You live in new homes. You're being exposed to different animals or not animals or things are changing all the time. Mm -hmm. So we have to be willing to kind of adapt as our bodies change and as our lives change. Wow. Yeah. And I think it's every seven years we completely regenerate every single cell in our body. And so, and even some organs much faster, right? And so when we think about it this way in seven years, I'm a completely different person. Every single cell of my being is different than it was seven years ago. And on top of it, my environment may have changed. Like you said, I'm aging. There are different stresses now in my life and stress is a massive factor also when it comes to digestive health, right? And so before we get into, Andrea, just kind of focusing on what you did as a solution, maybe we could talk a little bit about signs or symptoms or things that may come up that there is a problem right now, that there is signs of inflammation, that there's something going on with my diet around my health. 
So what were what are some things maybe the audience can start to look for when it's time to maybe shift the things some things around in their nutrition? Yeah, I would say anything that's overt. So if there's something that you're dealing with that you don't like, like we've already talked about the bloating or diarrhea or constipation or headaches or joint pain, or you just no matter what you do, you can't lose the weight or you can't gain the weight if you're underweight, like whatever that problem is that you can't seem to solve. You don't have an explanation for it. You just can't seem to get rid of it. That's the first clue. Obviously, if there's something you know you're dealing with. But I think even beyond that, if you just don't feel your best, if you don't feel like you have the vibrancy or the energy or the mental clarity, whatever that looks like, if you just feel like there's something that's not working as well as it possibly could, then there's growth that can be done there. There's changes that could be made. And it might be a little tiny tweak. Mm -hmm. Might be one little tiny thing, or, you know, in some cases it might be multiple things depending on what you're dealing with. So it just depends. I think just knowing how good you could feel compared to where you are. And I think that's another problem that a lot of people struggle with is we get so used to feeling terrible that you don't even recognize that you feel terrible. And it's almost like you have to fix the problem and then look back and go, wow, I had no idea that it was that bad. You know, it's like you're, you do really well for a diet and you start to feel really good and then you eat that fast food again or whatever. And you're like, oh, I feel terrible. It's kind of that feeling. We forget how bad we actually feel. We just get used to being bloated and get used to having headaches and get used to taking, you know, pain pills every day for arthritis that we forget that we don't have to live that way. Right. Yeah. So I think it's just that awareness of recognizing where you're at and where you'd rather be. Mm. Right. And really, if you're dealing with anything, there's something that can be done about it. Right. Yeah. I love that you say that. And, and, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And so if this has always been my normal, like I always, you know, I never get restful sleep. I always wake up four, five, six times at night, or I'm always feeling tired in the morning, or I always need a coffee at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And that's just my normal. I don't know that on the other side of that could be something so amazing. Like you said, vitality, a lot of energy, restful sleep, feeling that you can attack the, the world and be super focused around every single task you take throughout the day. So I love that you say that. And, and just one thing I, I kind of want to just emphasize a little bit on, you said earlier that you're doing all the right things, but you're still not releasing the weight or there's, you know, you're still not feeling your best. And, and I just want to just pinpoint what, what that really means, because a lot of us may be listening and wondering, well, I am doing all the right things. And so what do you mean by all the right things? Is it what mainstream sort of diet culture tells us to do? Or is it the things that I've always been doing my whole life? I think it could be a combination of both. I definitely fell into the trap of following all the really common advice. And I also just did all the things that logically made sense to me that, you know, I was doing all I was working out, I was eating clean, I wasn't eating out, I was eating often, I was, you know, following all of the things, and some of the things I had done forever. And I what I would say is, while it seems like in your head, that you're doing all the right things, and you're doing all the things, if it's not working, right. is it really the right thing? Right. Like, and that's where bringing in outside help can really help because what seems right to us can be just like you said, it's the thing you don't even know that you don't know. And so you think you're doing everything possible, or you think you're doing all the right things and some outside perspective might go, well, well, tell me about why you think this is the right thing, or tell me how you came to that decision. Or, you know, they can just kind of challenge you on, well, maybe there's another way, or maybe that's not the only way. And so... I think if it's not working, then you do, you just have to ask yourself that question. Is it really the right thing for you? Maybe it's the best thing ever for your sister. Right. 
that doesn't mean it's right for you. Just because it's working for other people, which may or may not even be true, because we only get to see what we see. And that's not always 100% true. So Mm -hmm. just put that in your pocket as well. But if it's not working, is it really right? Right. Oh, I love that you say that. And you know, I think that's one of the greatest challenges I have with a lot of the athletes I, I work with is changing the belief systems, right? Something as simple as carbs are bad, or something as simple as fats are bad, or meat is bad, right? So if, we, if we've had this belief system for so many years, and to your point, if it's not working, and we continue to repeat over and over again, what has not been working, I think we, we call that insanity, right? And so a lot of us have a hard time releasing that because we've heard it for so long. It's in so many books. There have been so many studies to back that up. And so how do I just release that belief system and be brave enough to try something new? Because oftentimes the new, the unknown is scarier than what I already know, even if it's not working for me, I know it. So that already gives me a lot of certainty around it. Yeah, I think we do just sometimes have to take that like, I'm scared of it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And just know that you don't have to do it permanently. You know, I, I work with some people sometimes that are, say, vegetarian, and they have this block that like, no, I'm not eating animals. And it's like, okay, well, if you just step out of that for a second, and recognize that eating this way has gotten you to where you are, and where you are is not really what you want to have, is it possible that if you just tried a different way, even for say a month, right? Yeah, you can always go back. There will be no permanent damage done. You can always go back. So if you try something for a while, you have to give it long enough to actually for your body to adjust. You can't just go for a day or two and expect to, oh, I don't feel better. I'm going to go back. Right. Like you have to give it time, but be willing to try something new, knowing you can always go back. So I think we just kind of have to get over that fear. It's just not a permanent decision. You're not signing a contract. You're not stuck with it. You just, you got to commit to it for a while because these things don't happen overnight. Your body isn't going to instantly feel better the next day. In most cases, you're not going to instantly see results no matter what change you make. So you have to commit to these things for a period of time, but just commit for that period of time and then reevaluate at that stage. What would happen if, what would happen if for 28 days, I stopped sugar? What would happen if for 28 days, I ate a little bit of animal protein and I haven't in a long time, I'm not feeling so great. And so we've, we've stopped leading with that sense of curiosity, right? And, and again, diet culture also tells us to be super absolute starting Monday. You're never going to have this ever again, right? And so it becomes this mindset of all or none, absolute, right? So Andrea, then how did you uncover what was working for you? What did you start to change around your nutrition? Well, the test results told me a lot about what was going wrong in my body. So I was able to really kind of reinforce the things that would rebuild those processes. But really, I did just what you just said. I got curious with stuff. I started adding other foods back in. I started playing with portion sizes. I started playing with how often I was eating. I did some fasting. I kind of went to even some of the extremes and I didn't do, you know, a 30 day fast or anything extreme, but I started playing with not eating and getting used to what that feels like in my body. So I could get back in touch with real signals. Eating every two hours, you're never really hungry, but you feel like you are. Mm-hmm. And you kind of lose that sensation of what real hunger feels like, what real satiety feels like. When you're always kind of grazing and snacking, we lose touch with those real signals. So I think I just got really curious with how, when do I feel my best? When I eat really often, when I eat less often, when I eat 
you know, once a day or twice a day or, and, you know, ultimately through the process of just really playing with it and playing with different foods and different combinations and different times of day and different frequencies, I kind of found what works for me, which I have kind of a regular, but then I also have other days where I'm like, you know, today I'm just extra hungry Mm. and I'm going to eat. It's fine because now I know what that feels like. And then the next day I'm I'm not so hungry. I can like skip lunch. I don't care. Like food just kind of becomes fuel and it doesn't drive me. I don't live to eat anymore. I eat when I need to and I don't when I don't. And I'm in touch with that now. So I have I have this whole new sense of freedom around what I eat, how often I eat. I don't feel like I need diets or cleanses or all of these things. Now, it's not to say that there isn't benefit in doing temporary pushes, but you have to have the right mindset before those are successful. Otherwise, they're basically just diets. Right. right. So it sounds like you became more intuitive with your body, with the signals it gives you. And I also agree with you, we're not designed to eat all the time. Actually, it's it's very energetically taxing to the body to be in constant digestion mode. So eating every two hours and eating a high fiber diet, I mean, that's that's a lot of work for the body. It's a lot of work for the pancreas to constantly release insulin every two hours. And insulin is the storage hormone. So you're constantly promoting yourself to be in storage mode, right? And so I, I absolutely believe in, in intermittent fasting too. And I mean, the, the window is particular for each person. And, and to your point, by experimenting and seeing what works best for you, when is the right time for me to eat, is something that we could all play with. And for some of us, that might look like 12 hours. For others, that might look like four-hour eating windows. And I think ultimately, the whole message is we are all very individual. And that means what works for us may not work for somebody else And it's okay to experiment and to try things out. But ultimately, if we listen to those cues and the body's constantly giving us cues, we'll be able to determine what exactly that looks like. And the cues are found in our sleep, in our poop, especially if we're constipated, if we have the runs, if things are changing. Anytime the body is giving us a signal, there's a massive change going on. And so if we're in tune with what that looks like and not just following this app blindly that tells me I should be eating this now at this time and these quantities... We were able to tap into that. And so I'm also anti-diet and really all about the intuitive eating, having gone through a lot of different diets myself because I was in the CrossFit world and paleo was really important. And then the zone diet was super important. And then the whole plant-based movement happened. And so I was I was always just following these bandwagons because I wanted to give my athletes the best. And so I would try something first to see how that felt before I would share that. And I ended up in a place where I had really disrupted my gut health. I had a, I was suffering from a lot of the things that you shared. And just starting to step backwards, I used fasting. I used 72-hour fasting to help me just reset and just allow the inflammation to come down, also some gut health tests, and then slowly started to introduce things back slowly. And at this point now, I'm, I'm so in tune with my body that similar to you, some days I eat like crazy. I can't stop. And other days, I'm not just not that hungry, but also depends on what my activity level was for the day or what was going on in my life. So I love that you share that. Yeah, I think we, we need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable as well. I think we live in a society where we tightly control every little thing. You know, we live in temperature controlled environments and we have lots of layers that we can wear and we have, you know, heated seats in our cars and we have this perfectly comfortable life. And we've kind of lost touch with like, what does it actually feel like to be hungry? What does it actually feel like to be physically tired from like a really good workout? 
we've kind of lost touch with this discomfort Mm -hmm. and we just constantly have to soothe and comfort ourselves. And I think that can be a dangerous place to live where we do lose touch with all of those things. And then it, it almost becomes you preemptively comfort yourself before you've even sort of felt discomfort. I think we kind of have to go back and get back in touch with what we really need. And I think fasting is a phenomenal way to do that. And it doesn't, fasting can be from anything. It doesn't have to even be food. You could fast from social media. You could fast from your phone. You could fast from television. You could fast from the news. That would be a welcome thing. Like you could fast from all of these things and just get away from them. Reset, get back to nature, get back to sleeping well, like whatever that is for you. Whatever that thing that you go to for comfort or for entertainment or for like all of those things, maybe take a step back and fast from it for even a day. It's, It's really surprising how we can reset things if we just consciously make decisions. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Wow. So what does your typical day then look like around nutrition? So you went from from being, I guess, primarily plant-based or vegetarian to realizing that it's not working for you and then slowly reintroducing some animal products. So what does that look like right now? Right now, it's a pretty big variety. I have some days where I still do eat more vegetables than I do plants. And I have other days where have I eaten a vegetable today? Like there's just, it varies. Most of the time, it's a mix of kind of all of the things. I tend more towards a lower carb plan. That's just, that seems to work best for my body, but that still includes non-starchy vegetables, some lower sugar fruits, those kinds of things. It's not a full like carnivore plan for me, but it, so it's, it just varies. It varies by what foods I've got available, what foods are prepared, how I'm feeling that day. I do try when I am feeling that like craving or I'm a little hungry or like I'm having a weird snacky moment. I try not to give in to like, I'm going to have a cookie or I'm going to have a, a treat. I, I try to go for something more satiating because there's something in my brain that is telling me I need something, but I don't want to feed it something that's counter to what I actually need. So even though your brain's telling you, you need a cookie or you need some chocolate or you need a drink or you need whatever that looks like, I think take a step back and think about what your body actually needs and try to give it something more nourishing. And if you're like, "Ugh, I just couldn't eat a piece of meat or a piece of cheese or a, you know, something healthy right now, then you're probably not really hungry. Mm. It's probably an emotion or a stress or you didn't sleep good last night. There's something else going on if you're like, "Ugh, I couldn't eat an apple right now, but I could really eat a cookie." Mm. Okay, well that's a clue <laughs> that this is not real hunger and you should find something other than food to turn to. Go for a walk, right. go outside, play with your dog, play with your kids, do something else, then give in to that craving. So I think there's a lot of things that you can do. But for me, it's I really try to listen to my body and give it what it really needs. So I will eat if I'm having a hungrier day or I won't eat if I'm not hungry. I do try to get a wide variety of different foods in. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so you're, you are a holistic nutritionist, right? So you work with a more balanced and whole approach, whole person approach when it comes to health and fitness and transformation in general. So what are some other sort of aspects of wellness that you also address? Yeah, along with nutrition, we also talk about lifestyle. So we talk about exercise and we talk about sleep and all of the different kinds of stressors in our lives. And we talk about toxins and how we can reduce our toxin exposures. And then a lot of it ends up being the mindset work. So we do a lot of stuff around our thoughts because ultimately our thoughts drive how we're feeling. Our feelings drive the actions that we do or don't take. 
And those actions that we do or don't take lead to the results that we do or don't get. And so it all comes back to those original thoughts. And so we do a lot of work around what you're thinking when you take the right actions or the wrong actions. Like what was the thought that took you there? I worked with a client recently who was doing pretty well, but she was struggling with a fast food habit. She just, even though she had food prepared at home on the way home from work, she would swing through the drive-thru anyway. And it was like, okay, so what are you thinking in that moment when you, especially after the fact, because sometimes this is easier to do well after you've fallen into the drive-thru. You know, what were you thinking after you ate? How did you, how did that make you feel? What were you thinking? Well, I was thinking that, you know, I just always fail. Okay. Well, when you, when you think that thought, how does that make you feel? Terrible. I'm so sad. It's depressing. Okay. And when you're sad and depressed and feeling terrible, what do you do? Well, I just, I don't care. And I go through the drive-thru and I eat the cookies and I buy the chips and okay. And when you eat the cookies and the drive-thru and do the things, what does that get you? Well, then I gain the weight back or I, you know, it's like, you can see the progression that started with, I always fail. Right. And so if we can rewire those sentences and tell ourselves something more empowering, then we feel differently and then we act differently and then we get different results and that feeds back into positive thoughts. And so sometimes we just have to identify what those thoughts are. Where are they coming from? What is that? And what else can we tell you instead? Right. So we do a lot of mindset work. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, this was a great conversation, Andrea. I love everything you do. I loved our conversation today. And so is there anything else that you wanted to share with the audience before we conclude our discussion today? You know, I would just say, really listen to yourself. If there's something in you that you're like, this just doesn't feel as good as it could, or I feel like I don't need to live with this, or I really wish I didn't have that. Whatever that is for you, whatever you're telling yourself that you don't like in your body, in your life, in whatever do something about it. And if you don't know what that is, that's why professionals are professionals. They're trained in this stuff. They're trained to help you identify what that is. So always be your best advocate. Always fight for what you believe. Even if you have a doctor who's like, nope, you're normal. Everything's fine. If you don't agree with that, keep fighting. Keep looking. Keep researching. Keep pushing. Be your best advocate. So powerful. I love it. All right. So where can people find you now? If they wanted to learn more about you, where could they go? Yeah, my website is the best place and that's healthylifewithandrea.com. From there, you can join my email list. I send out just weekly mindset things or tips and tricks, special deals, that kind of thing. And I also have a podcast, Holistic Health Bites podcast that you can link to from there. Just bite-sized episodes that cover a lot of the same mindset or science topics. Amazing. I love it. Well, thanks again for your time, Andrea. And I'm sure we're going to connect again in the future. Oh, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. I've had a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fall in Love with Fitness. Whether you're already on your fitness journey or just getting started, we're in this together. Just head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review, and you'll be entered into the drawing to win my six-week transformation course. Then go to fallinlovewithfitness.com and get your free gift from me so you get back your energy and reinvigorate your life. Join me on the next episode, and remember... You are an inspiration.